Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, the opening date for Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios has been announced. Marvel's Black Panther owned the box office this past weekend. A report by union representatives suggests that Disney might be playing some hardball tactics in their ongoing labor negotiations. And we're going to discuss five ways that Disney could address the high crowds at the parks. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 977, for the week of February 20th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Steve Porter. Hello. Julie Martin. Hey, y'all. And back in the production nook, associate producer Rhino Clavin. Hello. And producer Craig Williams. Ahoy. Welcome, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. Um, I uh, I want to start the show out today uh, just by, you know, it's, it's rote. It's annoying to have to say it again. Thoughts and prayers to the families of those affected by the horrible mass shooting. Uh, that happened last week. Um, I'm not going to get into a discussion about it. I just felt the need to say that. And to teachers in particular, everywhere, and students everywhere going to school, that this is a part of your reality, that you have to worry and think about this. Um, I I don't know what the solution is, but I just wanted to say that uh, we are all thinking about you. Um, So I just wanted to get that out of the way up front. I know we all want to say something, but we're not going to. Um, I, uh, I received an email uh, yesterday from one of our listeners who is sponsoring a, uh, an interesting uh, panel discussion uh, coming up uh, April 28th in Celebration, Florida. Um, it is called uh, Walt Disney Master of Dreamers. Um, and this is going to be a panel discussion on Walt's journey from the 1964 World's Fair to Epcot, and it's going to feature um, Disney legend Bob Gurr, um, along with author Jeff Barnes. Uh, tickets are uh, actually there's they're they're going very very quickly. Um, there were 22 or 23 left uh, as of yesterday. I don't know where they are now. They're fifty dollars each. Um, it's taking place seven to ten p.m. on Saturday, April 28th at the Artisan Park Clubhouse in Celebration, Florida. Uh, head over to disunplugged.com. Take a look at today's show notes. There will be a link uh, to where you can buy tickets. Um, the website is, I think it's master master of dream masterofdreamers.com. Yes, masterofdreamers.com, um, where you can go buy those tickets. I would suggest if you're going to be in town and you are interested, any opportunity to see Bob Gar, take it. Take it. Any opportunity to see Bob Gurr talk about the 1964 World's Fair? Take it. Um, and I think this is going to be, I think they only started selling tickets to it like last week and they're already almost sold out. So he just asked me to give it a, a, a plug on the show and I bought my ticket, so I'll be there. Um, 
and uh, hope to see some of you there as well. Uh, also, while we're talking about DizUnplugged.com, that's where you can find all the rest of the shows that we produce every week, uh, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show, uh, the Best and Worst of Walt Disney World, uh, the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged, the Disney Dining Show, as well as Connecting with Walt. Uh, all DizUnplugged.com is where you can find those shows. And that's it for me in housekeeping. I don't know if... I have one. Okay. Tomorrow is Mr. Magi's birthday. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It is. That's right. Because he, he usually never fails to remind me that I'm he always... He looks thrilled. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always older than him because John and I are, are literally 10 weeks apart. Um, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy Do you birthday. want us to sing? Go right ahead. <laughs> Julie. Feliz cumpleaños to you. <laughs> I can sing in Spanish. <laughs> How are we doing with the uh, backstage magic? If I answer you, you're going to mess up my rapid fire. I just want you to know. Okay, never mind. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> I was supposed to say the same thing. Then you, oh, stepping on the rapid fire toes. Then you can't go, and then we skip to Steve. It's, just, it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. And then Ryan doesn't know what to do. Save that and ask me when it's my rapid fire. I will do that. I will do that. Anything else for housekeeping? Got quite a bit to talk about in news this week, so let's go ahead and get started with that. A lot of news. All right, our first news story. Official opening date announced for Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios. In a special segment on ABC's Good Morning America, Slinky Dog from Toy Story was in Times Square in New York City to help announce that Toy Story Land will officially open on June 30th, 2018. Yay! Um, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, me too. I'm excited. It's a new land at a Disney theme park. It if it's anywhere near the quality of Cars Land, it's going to be spectacular. Does anybody think that's going to be the case? No. 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 Why? I I don't. I don't. I, I'm excited about it, but I think this is. Um, I yeah. I don't know that it's going to. I don't know that it's going to be that. Well, let's let's clarify. Not the extent of Cars Land, but the quality of Cars Land. You don't think there's no. Craig is no. nodding his head no. Why is that, Craig? Uh, maybe pre-budget cuts. Because has died. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Maybe pre-budget cuts, but, you know, they've already slashed away so much that would have turned it into an immersive land. Uh, they cut down, like, and not to deal with the land then, but then with the Slinky Dog Coaster, if you look at the first concept art to the second, they cut out so many little aspects of that coaster. And needless to say... I mean, it was just a really poorly angled video of the coaster that was released, but it did not look super impressive. Uh, it's, I think it's going to appeal to kids wonderfully, and they are going to love it. And as we kind of talked about last week, that's, I think it's going to be a great starting area to get kids into more thrilling rides. But exactly for adults, I believe they are going to be mildly disappointed and bored for the most part. I to go off of that, they also cut this little front area that had a little western scene and a red barn and some more immersive stuff like Craig's talking about. So it's more than just the Slinky Dog Coaster. I think the whole land's going to be impacted, which kind of stinks. Oh, well, they might as well just stop then. Really? Why am I bothering? Well, those are the such thing. downers. I know. Right? I mean, seriously. It's a new land. It's Toy Story that's been around since... Yeah. I can remember, you know, Pixar movies coming out. My children love these movies, especially Ferris. I can't wait to see Giant Jesse and be able to ride in the Slinky Dog. And these movies have been such a big part of my children's childhood and my own personal life mm -hmm. that 
I think this is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see it. And whether or not it's just like Cars Land or not, Cars Land is a different movie. You can build an immersive experience because it's it has it's a town. Like it's a place that you can actually see and yeah, build. They built an immersive experience on the Disney Cruise Line. Yeah. They built Andy's bedroom. Right, exactly. And it's very so well it done. done. It's beautiful. But I, I'm I'm excited. I I don't have a negative thing I'm, to say. <laughs> I, I'm excited about it as well. I mean, from the standpoint that I also love the Toy Story movies and uh, I'm excited to see what this is, but also from the standpoint that it really does mark the beginning of the end of the construction phase of Hollywood Studios. Um, so we have one more area open now that will kind of breathe some life back into that park. Of course, once uh, Star Wars opens, then it's complete, basically. But um, I'm, you know, I'm excited from a, for a number of reasons. But as a Disney fan. It's a new land in a Disney theme park. I'm always excited about that. And I'm not saying I'm not excited. I just think there's reason to be upset that we're not getting. Well, we original. haven't seen it yet. I don't. I don't think there's a reason. So you're excited and upset. I think. <laughs> no, I, I'm excited. Yeah. My, yes, actually. Perfect. My point. My point being that you know I understand what you're saying. Until we've actually seen it, we have to reserve that judgment before we're upset about it. Yeah. There may be re- you know we don't know what the experience you know looking at. Artist renderings is one thing, but actually being there in real time is another. So, you know, how many people in the run up to Pandora, well, oh, I don't care about Avatar. This is going to suck. This is going to suck. Then they get there. Oh, my God, it's amazing. So, you know, let, let's let's be students of history to some degree. I'm not saying you're wrong, but let's see what it actually is before we say we're upset with it. That's fair. Um, that's my that's my feeling. That's my feeling. And I said that about Pandora, and I'm going to say it about this, too. Um, I'm just excited. New land in a Disney theme park. I agree. And, you know. I hope it's cool. It's, I, 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 I don't see how it can't be cool. Um, it may not be, you know, everything that we want it to be, but I think there's no way it can't be cool. It's. I, I think it's going to be about the equivalent of when, like, the part of New Fantasyland with uh, the circus opened up. I'm thinking of it in that aspect. It's mm-hmm. going to be very similar to that kind of with you know more kid friendly and you know kind of like a and I don't I don't okay, know. We the went best to, Hong, to uh, Toy Story it. Land in Hong Kong. It was where Joy died. <laughs> it, was, it was sad, and that's what concerns me too because so many people hate on that one shanghai's as it started to open up is not getting any love either so it's getting it's getting me very concerned for this one uh, but hopefully oh well then great if you guys don't love it then me and ferris will go and we will have a wonderful time by ourselves and i'll buy <laughs> nobody the else go it's gonna be horrible i'll buy the popcorn <laughs> um yeah i like i said i i think you know i i think it's important you know i think it's okay to speculate and all that stuff we do quite a bit of it but I think reserving judgment until we've actually seen it um, is probably a good idea. And we will have that opportunity sometime in June. I'm sure there'll be soft openings and previews. Disney is great for that. I, for one, will make sure, hopefully, I'm not traveling anywhere, that I'm there for that. But, uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. All right, our next news story. (laughs) Marvel's Black Panther poised to beat opening weekend box office estimates and break records. After breaking records for early ticket pre-sales... (laughs) 
Marvel's Black Panther is set to top $210 million over the long President's I think Day this weekend. is the, I'm sorry, I think I might have sent you the wrong link. This Thanks. is the one that was written right before <laughs> sure. uh, it went out. <laughs> Make me look foolish and sorry, all my friends. <laughs> the news has been kind of weird about it. It's the, They really want to say amazing things about it, but it's the best opening ever by an African-American director. And you think... Why don't you just wait till you get some numbers and then? Well, it is best in fact, opening in February. Um, I'll, I, I have it from 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 yesterday's fix. Uh, it is the fifth largest opening of any film ever. Um, That's awesome. And uh, ended up taking in uh, what was it? Uh, where was it? Where's my story? There it is. Um, Three hundred seventy million dollars worldwide. Wow! I think whenever you can show a, a kid weekend. a superhero that looks like them. That's a pretty amazing thing. Well, I think anytime you can take, you know, again, I'm looking at, I'm going to look at it from the business perspective that, you know, this is one of Bob Iger's acquisitions along with Pixar, along with Lucasfilm. Um, and what they have continued to do with it has been amazing. Now, you know, I don't think Black Panther, if, if, unless you're a comic book nerd, Black Panther wasn't on your radar um, before this, you know, and now it is. Fifth biggest opening in history, third highest uh, four-day gross, passing Jurassic World. Uh, 97% score on Rotten Tomatoes, A-plus on CinemaScore. So it's getting love from the critics. It's getting love from the audiences. It's doing really well. Rhino, you actually saw the movie. I saw it a couple times already. And I'm probably <laughs> going to go again tonight. So I, I loved it. Um, he needs more work. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, I don't. More projects. Um, uh, Craig and I actually did a little video review of it, if anybody wants to see like our full thoughts. But I, I, I think this is a... I, I, I loved it, clearly. I, don't, I said what I needed to say in the other video, I guess. But I don't know. You liked it, too. Yeah, it's I, entertaining. Yeah. I understand why people are losing their minds for it. It's... It's another super entertaining movie from Marvel. I this wish is, we could meet him This here. is Craig's rave. <laughs> now, I just have to say, I'm going to jump in with something entirely different. I just have to stand up for Greatest Showman. It has stayed in the top ten since Christmas with not very good reviews. Everything is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And then the soundtrack is number one worldwide. It's also had what arguably has been the most brilliant social media marketing campaign I've ever seen. Um, the, 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 a lot of the videos they've been releasing from, uh, from the table read and things like that. But I'm right there with you. I think that's a great movie. But Kiara Settle, the woman who sings This Is Us, is going to be on Ellen this week. Um, but so you guys, uh, uh, apparently I, along with everyone else, love this movie. Well, I, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I think they should invest heavily in bringing this like an area of Wakanda to I said Epcot originally to the World Showcase no. and I think in uh, Animal Kingdom would be a good spot for it or something like that. We we talked about we just had a discussion about IPs and how to bring them in and I would love to see something that explores more African culture. It doesn't have to be Wakanda, but I would love to see something. Well, they're doing that, meet and greets at Disneyland, know. right? They yeah. already started. Yeah, yeah. yeah we don't get any of that that stuff here, unfortunately. What's well, Wakanda? That's the it's fictional land. That's his oh, girl- like Genovia. Gotcha. Yeah. His girlfriend. <laughs> Like Genovia. Like <laughs> I'm okay now. Um, no, I think Epcot would probably be the wrong place for that. Um, but they'll find a way to stick it in if they have to. Wait, could they even? I thought it's a Marvel property. How could they do that even if they wanted to? Because of Universal. 
I, how they are they putting in Guardians of Galaxy? Yeah. Yeah, Universal well, I, doesn't own that. I think their it's, contract is not for that character. I think it's uh, for specific, characters. yeah, for like Spider-Man yeah. and Captain America, things like that. They're they're limited in what they can do in theme parks with that because of Universal's the presence of those things in Universal at Islands of Adventure. But I don't think that exists beyond you know to the rest of the the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I mean, Craig, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm. I think that's correct. Yeah, I don't believe anything that it's involved with Universal already. So uh, it's like most of the ones you mentioned. Anything that has a big presence over there can't be on this side of the Mississippi. But no, I, I actually do agree with Rhino. I could see them shoehorning this in Epcot somewhere because it, I, we can't spoil anything in the movie, obviously, in this, but. Um, I think a lot of the movie's themes is based around uh, spreading culture. And that is obviously something that World Showcase is all about. In the movie, it's the question of whether or not to spread culture. But obviously, World Showcase I think I'd have, is the point. I'd, I'd have to see the movie, yeah. in, in, I guess, too, because I haven't yet. But I'd have to see the movie in order to... Yeah, I'm not... not no spoilers. Okay. It's not fair. <laughs> I know John's going to see it for sure. Not the only story, a good story for Disney movies in the news, though. Right. Uh, Disney's Pixar Coco takes BAFTA Award for Best Animation Film, Animated Film. The British Academy Film Awards are presented annually in an award show hosted by the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, also known as BAFTA, to honor the best British and international contributions to film. The BAFTA Awards were presented at London's Royal Albert Hall on Sunday, and Disney Pixar's Coco won the award for Best Animated Film. Other nominations included Star Wars The Last Jedi for Special Visual Effects and Sound, and Beauty and the Beast for Costume Design and Production Design. Are the BAFTAs usually a good yes, indication? Yes, they're of the a very good indication of the, uh, of the Oscars. Uh, that's why Three Billboards. Uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri, I think it's the name of the film, uh, is now like jumped back to the front as front runner status for Best Picture because it won so big at the BAFTAs. Um, uh, the BAFTAs usually been a really good indicator, especially on animated films, uh, and also on on Best Song, which actually went to uh, Coco. Um, remember me. Remember me, and um, which I, I I'm per- personally rooting for this. Uh, this is me. This is me from Greatest Showman. Uh, that won the Golden Globe. So it's, uh, but no, it's. I mean, an, another, another big win for, for Disney and uh, animated or for Pixar, I should say. Good for them. Yeah, I think well deserved. I love the movie. Still haven't seen that one either, because I don't get out much. I did get to see Three Billboards on a plane. I say, on the, sometimes it has to be a plane ride. <laughs> yeah, see a movie. I got to see it on the plane ride home. It deserves all its accolades. Especially her. Francis McDormand, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. That'll do it All for right. my news. Well, I know you have a story. Yeah, there's one that I'm throwing in at the last minute here because uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, we just put this up on the site this morning, I believe, that uh, we've been talking about Disney's ongoing labor negotiations with their cast members looking for a raise. Um now, uh, Unite Here Central Florida, the union representing those employees, those cast members, held a press conference yesterday announcing that uh, the Service Trades Council Union has filed an unfair labor practices lawsuit 
against Disney. Uh, they've been in negotiations since July. Um, the most recent offer they made in December was rejected by 93% of the cast members um, or the voting mem- cast members. Uh, now, according to this lawsuit, uh, Disney has told the union members to, to, has told the union that members would not receive the $1,000 bonus that Disney announced they were giving in January. If you remember, uh, after the tax cut bill passed, um, a lot of companies, including Disney, said they were going to bonus their 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 their, their employees. Uh, Disney said they were going to give a thousand dollar bonus to one hundred and twenty five thousand full time and part time cast members, both union and non union. Disney specified that. Now the union is saying that uh, Disney is withholding that bonus from those cast members that are involved in this current labor dispute. Um, and unless they agree to their terms, they're sort of holding that $1,000 hostage. Now, this is coming from the union. This is a lawsuit that they filed, and this is coming from the union. Disney has not responded. That's what makes me think it's real, though, because if it wasn't, they'd immediately say, what are you guys talking about? This is not true. You know, and they'd have, they probably would have a prepared statement. I'm surprised they haven't put something out already to say, you know, either to defend their stance on this or to say it's not true. I, I just can't believe that this is real. I'm looking at you. Why are you looking at me? Why not? I don't really have a say in this. Well, I thought you, I, the way you were looking. I, I know. I don't. I mean, do I, we know any of these so, cast members personally? Is there anybody yeah, you can tap and say, listen, did you get your bonus? Or? No. So the, the way they were doing the bonuses, too, is splitting it in half. So you got $500 at one point and then $500 at another point, And it was an extended period of time in between because the hope is a lot of cast members won't make it to the next period that it gets dispersed is what it, what the attitude was by the cast members who were getting it, supposedly. So I don't know. It seems shady. I'm really not surprised. I don't. People always just glorify Disney because they love theme parks and they love the movies and they love this thing. But it is a shady business, like especially the business they do in Florida. They do some great stuff, but they do some not great stuff. And it's not the way they treat their cast members that are, and I've said this before, that are the people that you interact with, that you are making the connection with that is the reason a big reason why you come back they treat them like garbage they treat them like a number they pay them on poverty level and they that then you get an email in your disney email about bob Iger saying this is the best quarter that we've ever had and you're like oh well good well i'm homeless so you know it's not and i know people can say well you don't have to work there but you don't understand till you get trapped into that situation about what that's like you know it's not I don't know. It just it makes my blood boil too because there's a part of it too where I do think there are very hardworking labor um, union representatives, and then I also think that there are people who are just people that are pawns of this company. That the company it's an illusion, and you're just there to m- make this go on. I don't. I don't know. Well, All I, I will say if they have a problem, they can always go down the street to Universal because they received their thousand dollar bonus. In full in their paychecks. Oh wow! Like a week after the announcement, so well, always hiring. I, uh, <laughs> you recruiter. I um, when I when I first heard this, you know, assuming that it's true, and I I subscribe to Steve's opinion that if it wasn't Disney would have responded to this right away. The first thing that went through my mind: Are they looking for a strike? Do they want these cast members to go out on strike? 
I understand business tactics. Um, but this just doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. Now, you know, would it be beyond Disney to shoot themselves in the foot? PR-wise, not at all. Not at all. Um, not common, but not unheard of. If this is true, if they are actually withholding a $1,000 bonus from people, as Rhino pointed out, many of whom are literally working full-time below the poverty level. In order to strong-arm the union, I think it's going to backfire on you. I think it's going to backfire in a spectacular way. I think it's going to protract these negotiations. I don't think this union is going to back down right now. I think they feel they have the wind at their back. And I think maybe that's why Disney is doing this. Thinking that maybe the cast members will turn on the union reps. Saying we want that $1,000 because they've already paid them, as we said, a less than living wage. And they're dangling this $1,000 carrot in front of them, hoping they'll turn on the union. I don't think that's going to happen. Because I think if they were just desperate for any money at all, 93% of the voting members would not have voted down the last proposal. They would have taken whatever Disney put out there. So I think there is something else going on here. I can't imagine Disney want because if I remember correctly, the timing of it right now, if they were to go on strike, if they were not to reach a negotiation, and I could be wrong on this, but if I remember correctly, the timing of it would be over the summer. Worst possible time. Outside of Christmas. I can't imagine in general Disney wanting a strike. The workforce now is so thin in Orlando. I mean, they are trying to get people in as much as... Can you tilt your mic up toward your mouth? I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you. The workforce now in Orlando is very thin, especially for theme park workers, because there's just a lot going on between construction and everything else. I can't imagine Disney would want to force a strike. I don't think they want to force a strike. I think they're being short-sighted here, because I think now they have put, if the union is smart anyway, they've put another bargaining chip on the table. The union can say, not only do we want Fifteen dollars an hour, starting, but you have to give our members the thousand dollars you promised them in full at the time we signed the contract. I think Disney has just put this in play in a way they didn't want to. I think they would have won a lot of goodwill with the union members by giving them the thousand dollars, no strings attached. Now again, Disney has not responded to this. So once Disney, you know, we're kind of working off conjecture here, and I want to be careful. But assuming this is all, that Disney is doing this, and this lawsuit has merit, um, go ahead, Greg. I, I will say, to on John's point, what we're going to see immediately is already more college program workers being added. Mm. If anything, you know, if things get bad and start having union issues it's going to be more college program i just found out from a friend i didn't realize it got this bad when i did the college program i'm sure when steve did it too it was two people per room and you would either have you could either in see it changed after me then it was only two people per room 
now they've added. You're talking bunk, about living situations. Living situations. So you might have an apartment that's four rooms with eight people or three rooms with six people, but now they add bunk beds in and what? put three people in each room. Three ad- adults over 18 coming down to work have to share well, a small, tiny room. I've, I've seen the size of the bedrooms when yeah. Anna yeah. lived there, and they, there were just two people in her room. I can't imagine there being two small bunk beds it's in there. Disgusting. Well, Craig and I met a girl the other day. Do you remember that girl who came up to us and she said she was doing the college program? And I was like, oh, where did you end up living in that? You know, oh, did you get up with a lot of roommates? She said she lived with 12 people. And I I just looked at her and I was like, 12? I was like, how big is the room? You know, like, now you're saying that, now that makes sense. Four bedrooms with three people each. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, they must have like a bigger apartment or something like that. Because my friend once had the eight, but I was like, no. On top of that... They still pay the same amount of money that I paid, which was like $110. But now they have three people. In Is the that room. a week, a month? A, a week. Yeah. $110 a week. Yeah. And depending on which complex you live at, because obviously everyone knows Vista Way, the, the crappiest of it, that you pay less than you would at <laughs> Patterson or Chatham or the Commons. But at the end of the day, some of these people, they might have 12 roommates where they're paying 100 bucks a week. So the the company that owns those that housing Jeez. is just making bank on them getting shoved into these little places and they're all these kids that they want to work for Disney or they want to have a party and they're or just their parents fine with want to work it. for and Disney. How many of these kids are because their parents are like this is a good stepping stone? Mm-hmm. I'm for sure a that's career, a lie. Yeah. So they're pushing them to to do it. We need to start a college program. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good deal to me. Well, I'm getting I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm getting the, the, uh, the leftovers from the college program on staff here. I got three of them. Um, but I I you know also just occurring to me as well. We're talking about you know just mentioning that if my t- if my memory serves correct that uh, a strike could occur if it was going to over the summer and when are they opening Toy Story? June 30th Yeah, mm. and it's going to be a media event and if they think the union's not going to leverage that they're out of their minds they want this wrapped up before June and if this is truly what they're doing I think they could be making a massive political mistake doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense why would Disney do it It doesn't. it's so stupid it's such it's a bad petty. PR move I, it's a it, bad it just goes more into the fact that it, you you just bought or you're trying to purchase another massive company for you know 50 billion dollars whatever you know and I remember thinking when, when I was working there and they bought Lucasfilm for 4 billion and I was like oh well it would have been nice to have like a Christmas gift this year or something like that for the company because they used to give out like really nice gifts or stuff like that like it's so much I understand their company is far reaching and I'm not saying it's like this in all places of the country because the, the cast members in Disneyland seem pretty happy about their lives but um, I don't know what it is about here and it just isn't I'm sure there are some people that are loving it and love working there, but it just feels like you go to a place and you ch- they're charging $35 for a t-shirt, you know, like you can't give some of that to the people that work there and stop making such a big deal about it. Well, well go ahead. not to be cheesy, but like the whole, I just, this whole discussion reminded me of the quote from Walt Disney. That's like, it takes people to make dreams a reality. And it just kind of seems like this story from the corporate side of Disney is just kind of, I think we can. I, I think we can all agree that ship sailed a very long time ago, <laughs> yeah. where Disney's concerned. But, um, like I said, as of right now, Disney has not responded to this. Um, if they do, we'll certainly report on that. But 
Um, I hope this isn't true, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. And if it is, shame on you. Shame on you. Um, all right. Um, I want to move on to another discussion. One of our uh, contributors, Philip Schoen, uh, put an article up yesterday entitled Five Ways for Disney to Dress High Crowds at the Disney Parks. And I thought he raised some very interesting points, and I thought that might be uh, a good discussion uh, good discussion topic for today's show. Uh, oh, I just want to mention last week I said we were going to have... Uh, we're going to have a discussion about crowd calendars. The person I'm uh, wanting to bring on the show wasn't available this week. We're doing it next week. I'm going to talk about that. So this kind of fits in with the whole crowd thing. So we have a little theme going on, although I didn't intend it that way. Um, number one on his list is continue raising ticket prices as they have been until a breaking point is reached. <laughs> um, uh in the latest investor call, it was indicated that revenue income uh, was up shortly for the parks division. So continuing to do what they have been doing could be a sound strategy, but will it reduce crowds? Does anybody think no. ticket no, price no, increases? No, no. It's like the people who used to say, when cigarettes cross a dollar a pack, I'm going to quit. Yeah. It's just not going to make a difference. The, the model so far has not bared this out. Right. People will pay anything to come to Disney, and there'll be more and more and more of them. Well, are proud. they just are they paying it and but leaving unhappier because the more expensive it gets, the less they feel that they're getting. You know, again, is this short sighted? You know, so people are paying it, but you know, one of the reasons Disney has to address the crowd issues is because so many people are complaining about it, and people are starting to are you know people are starting to say it's too crowded. I'm not going back. Um, I, I think that used to be the Disney standard. But I don't think they worry as much about return guests anymore. They just figure there's more coming. Or the people are going to come no matter what. Right. Yeah. Ticket well, prices I know th- at their highest and crowds are at their highest. So I feel like there's no correlation between the two. I know that in, in Disney World specifically, the goal is the one time, the big once in a lifetime trip is, is where it starts here. And then it goes down the ladder of who's it aimed at next and stuff like that. But do we think, do we think that... The whole uh, we're raising prices like this because we're trying to uh, give a better guest experience by discouraging uh, crowds is absolute BS. And it's just uh, a cheesy excuse for a price point that they're embarrassed to charge. I I also see like the next step. Once you start, if you're thinking about it, like if someone comes down for a week and they want to add park hoppers and all this on and they start looking at the price of that. What if their mind then next goes to, oh, well, we can just upgrade annual passes and then we can come back even more often and yeah. then Disney gets them in hotel rates I later think, on? I think I, I used to go to the pin trading events. John and I used to go to the pin trading events. And there was always this um, complaining that people who were the pin traders weren't treated fairly, that, you know, this happened and this happened. And there was a whole litany of things that were wrong. And we actually had a Disney executive say to us one time, we understand that you like this, but we don't, we're not, we're not catering to you. You don't spend one eighth of what a day guest spends grabbing a handful of pins and never coming back. And I think that equates you know, we talk about the affinity group. Go back, go back, go back, go back. I don't think Disney's looking for them anymore. I don't think we spend enough money. I don't think we're a big enough group, no matter how big we think we are. I think Disney's looking for the one-time day guest who comes in and drops a bundle and says, that's it, I'm done. Mm. Could be. 
His second point. Oh, oh, my headset just went out. Um, I'm like Lieutenant O'Hara on Star Trek. Um, his That's second brutal. point was interesting. Drastically increase ticket prices and then reduce total park capacity. And his suggest his point here being what if instead of $129 for a one day ticket to the magic kingdom, it was $250 get out, <laughs> but you were guaranteed much lower crowds kind of like what they're doing with Disney, uh, uh, after hours, the whole after hours thing where you pay the $130 for three hours or whatever it is. Um, um, I just looked at tickets to see My Fair Lady on Broadway, and the tickets are $200, and it's a three-hour show. So $250 for a full, days of enter- full day of entertainment, and I have no idea what a football ticket costs, but I understand <laughs> they're expensive. So I think to myself, you know, if you're getting guaranteed, a lot of people want uh, – I'm not familiar with a max pass. What's a max pass? It's $10 a day, and you get um, you get to be able to digitally get your Ju- fast passes. This is what they're using out in Disneyland. Um, right. yeah. I haven't been where, there since it happened. You can't do it in advance. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a replacement for – because they still use legacy fast pass, the paper fast pass tickets. Um, so you can only use it when you're actually in the park. You go through their app. You pay the $10, unless you're an annual pass holder, in which case it's included. And you can make a single fast pass reservation right from the app. As soon as you're within the return window, you can then make your second one yeah. without having to run to the attraction. I have to tell you, it was brilliant. Yeah. It worked amazing. And I was getting on things that, you know, we got on Radiator Springs Racer, we got on Toy Story Mania, we got on Space Mountain, we got on all the big attractions in the moment, in the day. Now, granted, Disneyland's a different beast. Than Disney World, they don't have the same amount of crowds. They don't have, you know, a lot of the same dynamics aren't in play there. But it worked really, really good. It worked really good. But going back to this though, two hundred and fifty dollars a day if it guaranteed that you weren't going to have to deal no. with crowds. Here's the problem I have: these first two assume that somehow Disney is concerned that if there's a crowd problem. Disney doesn't care there's a crowd problem. Well, let's More let's just go. Let's go with assumptions. Let's go with assumptions um, that. Let, let's go with the assumption that Disney does care there's a crowd problem. Let's just suspend disbelief for a second. All right. I, I, um, I think you start with uh, – Craig and I actually had this discussion the other day. I, I think it was you that I was talking to. It might have been Kylie, but it was the um, – I get them confused too. I was saying that I, I wonder the last time capacity for the park was updated because uh, when I worked at Lights Motors Action, when the attraction opened in 2005, it was – 5,000. But then when um, in like 2007, it was updated to 4,820. And they thought it was okay to sometimes overpack that, but it was updated because the average size of the American uh, person, of the average person, increased. And and so, you know, they had updated that. And so capacities were supposed to be updated in relation to that and i saw them put over 5000 people in there before and it was a fire like it was ridiculous and so like i've been thinking like well when was the last time the 40000 capacity okay, at okay everybody's Studios avoiding was everybody's avoiding my question would you pay 250 dollars a day I, to go to a disney theme park if you were guaranteed there were less crowds i will answer i consider myself somewhere in the middle class range between my salary and kylie's 
No. I, if yeah. that was Disneyland, since we're locals here, if that was going to Disneyland, $250 a day, no. That would be... That would just stretch us way I too far when we could go yeah. do something else that, that we love more. It's why, if there's a concert I want to see, like I'm Elton John's coming in November here. Yes, I would love to be right down front row, but I don't have the money to do that. <laughs> so I'm sitting Craig, up in the upper deck. Craig, neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I looked, and I mean, I love Elton oh, John, but I, like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> I think when it comes to this particular thing, you know, it's always the what's it worth to you, right? For me personally, that's not worth it to me. However, there might be something else that I would pay this much for to have low crowds. I mean, we go to some of the special events and pay for those because there's less crowds, right? So, I mean... And that's in addition to having an annual pass. Exactly. So, I mean, I I don't think that this concept is out of the question because people will pay it because they have paid it. But... I just think for me personally, it's not worth it. I think that turns it into something for something else. I don't think it is Disney anymore at that point. I think you've now said, okay, it's only for up here. And that's not what it was created. I know I said the whole thing about Walt's not here anymore and that sort of stuff, but you've literally just changed your entire customer you did. Base you said Walt was dead. By, by doing that. Yeah. <laughs> All don't right. dare him. All right. Let's move on to his third point. Build more parks in Florida. Yeah. Um, right now. Uh, one quarter of the 47 square miles that Disney owns here, not including the land that's held aside for conservation, has been developed. So Disney has a lot of land they can do things with. Um, building more parks in Florida presumably would spread this out a little bit. Just going to bring more people. Or it's just going to bring more people. Yeah. It's Florida. That's what and I that's thought. not like really a, sh- a short-term answer. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go up really quickly. No. I remember them building Animal Kingdom. It took a while. We had this discussion on the Dream Show where we said, you know, one of the things that we have to keep in mind here is that the hotel rooms on Disney property, if every one of them were full, parks would only be at like 50% capacity. So not even that. Right. It's like less than that. Whatever the figure is, it's quite low. So it's not about the theme parks themselves. It's really about the entire business model. Does it make sense to build another park? Well, are you going to get that much more business here's, if you can't have hotel rooms? For here's it? where his suggestions start, started getting very interesting. Not that the rest of it wasn't interesting, but this I'd never thought of. But number four, build another set of parks in the middle of the country. I just read a thing online that said they're thinking, uh, I don't know if it's true. I, I read it online. So if it's online, you know it's true. That Canada is the next place. Well, I mean... What if, do you think that if it, let's say, let's say they build something in, you know, Illinois or Texas or, you know, somewhere in the middle of the country, that's a closer drive, more drive market um, than Walt Disney World would be for a lot of people. But it's still Disney, it's still Disney Park, it's still Disney brand, it's still Disney Entertainment. Do you think that would relieve some of the pressure on the Orlando parks. Absolutely. And on top of that, it's, I think it's something that has to be done at some point anymore before you could use the excuse. Well, okay, California, it's great weather, uh, good, good location and can be open year round. Florida, same kind of thing. It's, we can make it a tourist destination can be open year round. I have seen way too many pictures of Tokyo Disneyland and, and Disneyland Paris with snow covering up their parks, just so looking cool, absolutely beautiful. So cool that to see that. Have no I, people in it. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, go. people don't show up, and I understand. People I'd are afraid of snow. I'd be skiing down Main Street. <laughs> I would. I would be one of those people that is there However, in the Midwest parks, Park watching for snow. Those parks have built things so that they could be a little bit more four seasons. Yeah. You know, there's covered Main Street. There's the tunnels in Paris. So they're on the sidewalks in Paris. So you have the idea that if they build a theme park somewhere else, perhaps they'll break the mold and build something that is a four season theme park. Yeah. I mean, I would I would love that. I would love something like that, but it I don't I, I mean, the, the the where it could go is debatable. Like Kevin's saying in Canada, I don't foresee that happening. I, I it can't be somewhere that it's really really cold a lot of the year, but I I don't know. They talked about it that one time, didn't they talk about building a park somewhere in like North or South oh, Carolina? Oh, we've been hearing I I've yeah. been hearing you know, Virginia, I've been hearing uh Texas, I've been hearing Australia, Canada for years. These have been rumors that have gone around nothing's ever come of it. Yeah. Um but I thought that was interesting, but his next point, fifth and final point that he makes, rather than investing in a one-pick project, what about several smaller ones, micro-parks around the country, perhaps some that are largely or totally indoors, so that you could build them near New York, Chicago. Didn't they already try this? Well, they tried it with Disney Quest, but that wasn't so much a theme park as it was an arcade. Um, But what do we think? What do we think the concept of micro-parks? I love that idea. I don't I think it would work. I think it would fail. Me too. People will just want to come to D- Disney World. I don't know. And th- if they want to use that money, they'll go to their local theme park that they have now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that a, a smaller, cheaper park near where people live is going to reduce the crowds at the major parks. But you think but it will make those people who can't afford to come to Disney give them that opportunity. But you think putting something in the middle of the country another resort destination for Disney in the middle of the country would do that. I think absolutely. That seems to be the one everybody agrees on. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing is, if you read, there was a bunch of books about creating Disney World and the tax structure had to be right and the highways had to be right and there had to be a way for people to get in and out. Sorry, I'm laughing because of I-4 being so terrible. (laughs) It wasn't in 1971. Right, at the time, it was a difference. Those were all things that went into choosing a location, affordable land. I don't know that Disney could get away at this point with being Mm -hmm. um, the Maple Project again. Yeah. You know, I I think that ship has sailed. Give them a nice chunk of land inside one of our national parks. (laughs) And just let them bulldoze it and put concrete down. That's the answer. I'm not going to say anything. Um, All right. Yeah, you know, here's the deal, right? I think we're, um, you know, we would love to see less crowds at Disney. Let's let them do something. They don't want less crowds. The more people are here, the more money they're going to spend. Even if they're not uh, riding rides, they're going to spend money at souvenirs and food. Right. I think the ultimate. Disney's getting what they want. Honestly, I think the only thing that's going to affect the crowds, the number of people at Walt Disney World is going to be a tipping point with the price. We and I ha- think that's only going to affect people who can't afford it. And But I, I still think that if it reached a certain price point, it would definitely thin the crowds out. But that we haven't reached that point yet. So the only solution right now, in reality, is better planning. Um, because you can, if with, with a little effort, you can plan and have a great experience in spite of the crowds. Um, But that is a discussion for another time, hopefully next week. Uh, With that, I want to thank Philip Schoen for this great article. You can check it out 
on www.info.com, and there'll be a link to it in the show notes page on disunplugged.com. But we do need to move on to rapid fire, and I will start with you, John. Okay, mine's very rapid. Um, we have some. Updated- Thank you, John. Kevin. Oh, what's the next one? We have some updated Disney Cruise Line deck plans on both the Diz and Dreams Unlimited travel. Uh, no huge news. I mean, they're not. They're the same ships. Just I think it's to accommodate some new um, theming for the restaurants that have gone in. Got a chance to do a ship tour of the Dream on Thursday, and you know. God, they're beautiful ships. They are beautiful ships. And I know, you know, people, I, I understand where, the, the, you know, people look at the price of some of these Disney cruises and, um, but especially the Dream Three and Four Nights. Um, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. We hear that from so many people. They have that sticker shot going in and they're, it's kind of like the Adventures by Disney experience. They have the sticker shot going in and they're like, oh, okay, now I get it coming out. But I just, Dream's gorgeous. So, all right. Thank you, John. Kevin. I've got to do it again. Oh, Kevin, do you have anything on on our backstage magic? Oh, good thing you asked. We have four (laughs) seats left. There are four spaces left on our July 29th through August 3rd backstage magic. Travel with Pete and Rhino and gosh, only knows who else. Um, There are four seats left. So if you want to go, Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel, first come, first serve. There are a bunch of emails out there. So if you've got an email and you're thinking about it and you've been hesitating, your time is running in. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Steven. Uh, so we talking about, we were talking about Toy Story Land a little bit earlier, um, and I was going to just interject with my rapid fire, but I figured I'd wait. They've announced the height requirements for the Slinky Dog Dash, which will be 38 inches which is the same as Seven Doors Mine Train, and the Alien Swirling Saucers will be 32 inches, which is the same as Mater's Junkyard Jamboree out in California Adventure. So, I mean, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, it makes sense that Ma- uh, since Mater's has a height requirement that the Alien uh, Saucers would have one too, but I was kind of surprised thinking that this is a kid-centric land, um, that there's going to be... Height requirements. Height requirements. Yeah, I mean, you've been on Mater's Junkyard Jamboree once. You know it, it needs a height one. requirement yeah. for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Especially I mean, if you, you know. This is safety. This is a safety thing. You don't want kids flying out of that bar and hitting Mater or some alien or something. So <laughs> your, your, your concern is it, oh, it really touching. Yes. Yes, I am concerned about You don't want kid. them denting the ride. It's all about the kids. <laughs> 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 all right. Thanks, Steve. Julie. <clears throat> Sorry. I thought you were going to sing it. No, no. I still think I caught up my throat. Air, of all things. So thanks to a new part, not a new partnership, but a partnership between Disney and Mattel, there are going to be some new toys hitting the streets. They are going to be new um, Hot Wheels character cars that are going to be including some Disney favorites, uh, Mickey Mouse, Winnie the Pooh, Frozen's Elsa, Mike Wazowski, Jack Skellington from A Nightmare Before Christmas, and also Sleeping Beauty's Maleficent. Um, if you've seen the new cars, these Those are not are cool. they're not just stickers on the cars. They no. actually have taken into consideration the character and incorporating it into the car. I think they look really cool. Um, I, might have I can't to get wait some of those. to add these to our little car collection that we have at home. <laughs> Maleficent might actually be mom's though. I'll put it on my desk. <laughs> so um, it doesn't say when they're going to be released, but sometimes I want the future. actual cars that are. Do at, you? Yeah, I want <laughs> Maleficent. I want that car, uh, the Maleficent car. My my one car is kind of close. I could have it. I could have it worked on. I think Mike Wazowski looks fun. <laughs> it's really it's like cute. a little go kart. Yeah. 
So um, Hot Wheels is currently the number one toy brand in the world, in case you didn't know that. And they first launched in 1968. They have over 800 models. And they have said that the new character cars that were introduced in 2010 have become an evergreen part of our vehicle assortment and have been instrumental in growing the Hot Wheels brand. I think these will be big sellers. If they could make a special car, a special character car, what would it be? What would you want? The Yzma Mobile. The Yzma. Oh, my God. That would be so <laughs> great. Saying little headlights. Saying your little headlights. Can it have, like, the little cronk thing on it, too? <laughs> Whether the kid's voice is the horn. <laughs> How about you, Rhino? You must have a dream about your character car. Uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. I would have thought you would have gone Power Ranger. They're not Disney anymore, so I had to pick a Disney property. Otherwise, it would have been Power Rangers. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Julie. Rhino. Um, so mine is food related and it is about some new offerings that you can get around the parks here. Um, first up that's in this photo is the fried Twinkie that is available at Friars Nook in Magic Kingdom. You can get it with strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, or caramel sauce. In Fantasyland, you can find a Hawaiian flatbread topped with pineapple, ham, cheese, and red sauce at Pinocchio's Village House. This is how they increase my capacity. <laughs> Deep fry a Twinkie. Uh, Casey's Corner, um, they're going to have the all-beef buffalo chicken hot diggity dog as February's hot dog of the month. I assume we'll see Craig trying that at some point. Um, and this month's featured flavor of ice cream at the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor is peanut butter, and I am definitely going to go try that. Okay, then- I just got to say something. Yeah. I can't go into Casey's and have a hot dog without... I have no choice. The bun has to be a whole wheat bun because that's what they do now. Yeah. All right. Because it's better for me. <laughs> and then they're adding deep fried Twinkies yeah. <laughs> to the menu. The fir- as soon as I saw this, that was the first thing that went through my head. I have to eat my hot dog on a bun that tastes like it was mixed with cardboard. Yet this. <laughs> they're whole wheat Twinkies. <laughs> Craig, is that the photo you took of the Twinkie when we ate it? Yeah, that's oh. that's what it actually looked like. Yeah, because that's because it looks not. like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man crap that out. <laughs> it, yeah, the, it looks the, like a severed thumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh gosh, I thought I think mine's more appetizing. <laughs> God, um, we we it had it, oh it, it, it. It was good though. It does you, look like a severed thumb. <laughs> it's because this part looks like the nail the top <laughs> gross <laughs> anyway there's one more plaza uh, plaza restaurant those who are gonna... lis- the, those who are listening be thankful you are right now <laughs> the plaza restaurant's got butterscotch bread pudding with caramel drizzle too so Ew. Um, I don't understand bread pudding. Oh my I god, I really. love bread pudding. John, it's, it's gross. Or it's flan. old bread. No, it's so good. It's it's flan. Flan. I love bread pudding. Old bread. I do too. Or flan. Ooh. No flan, no. Flan, no, but I do flan love flan bread pudding. Yeah, I'll take a. I'll take I've a, had this conversation before. I spend my entire life trying to get my bread dry. There's a machine <laughs> in my kitchen that dries out my bread. Why would you soak it in milk and make pudding out of it? Why not? Oh. Yeah, I'm with you, John. <laughs> there's there's more foods, Tell Sorry. There's a couple more items. Sorry. Uh, Tortuga, Tortuga Tavern has the short rib sandwich. Uh, it's got Chipotle barbecue short rib and slaw. There's Restaurantosaurus has some battered fish. Um, and the ABC Commissary has some new dinner plaza- platters. And there's also a Happy Trail mix that you can get at Westward Ho. Um Happy trail. Happy I'm thinking, trail. like, do they gather that from your belly button? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay. Uh, All right. She, she took it. I, she I was, there. She was faster than I was because I'm like, okay, what can I do and not offend everyone listening? Yeah. It um, says happy trails mix. So. Okay. So when you go and get that, 
um, <laughs> I want you to think about. Okay, <laughs> there happy it is. ending dessert. Friendlies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Rhino. Yeah. Craig. Okay, so the Disney Corner ended up opening up in Disney Springs. Okay, what exactly is this place? It is essentially a two-story shopping. What's that? In? What's it? What's it called? Store? A store. Thank oh. you. Oh, okay. A shopping <laughs> hey, store. What word is he looking for? <laughs> it just dawned, it left. That is specifically catered for women and girls so if you couldn't find all of this stuff in the same every three disney shops (laughs) that you walk into then you now have another one too and what did this really convenient did this replace something so what they're using it for is they're redoing world of disney at disney springs and so they're using this so that they can uh refurb it phase by phase and i think they're going to move those different whatever they're working on into the disney corner fix smart exactly move it back where is this like a pop-up store um i walked in it and i could not tell you where it is (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) i don't know if that says more about you or them okay there you have it i will look for it (laughs) first hand reporting um okay so like when i did the fix yesterday um or, or the featured thread was people talking about disney springs some people referring to it as a glorified shopping mall do you think that's unfair I think that's unfair. I think it is. It's a lot better than a, a, a shopping mall. I think there's a lot of stuff that's unique, and and especially to Disney fans. Um, I mean, and I, th- I think I consider myself an expert on shopping malls. <laughs> um, I love going there. I will take the opposite side. Uh, the old Disney Village to me had charm. It was quaint. It was, in my opinion, it was wonderful. It had a great deal of theming. I think this is a Simon Mall. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things I go to Simon Malls for, but I don't go and wander around anymore. I don't think I don't see the charm. I don't see the soul. I find it to be an open concrete plaza with stores, I and disagree. I can do that at the premium see, I, I with think more seats. From from the moment I first went after they finished construction, I I did find it charming. I found it. Um, I like the selection of stores. I think they could offer a little bit more for men. But beyond that, I don't do a lot of shopping there. Um, right. I, I, do, I, the, I think the restaurants are phenomenal. Yep. There's a lot of great restaurants. I love that AMC theater. Um, I love Sprinkles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the co-op over in the marketplace. Um, you know, the Art of Disney store is over there. So it's, you know... I don't know. I I I I I I think it does. I, I, I think, think it's I think it's a lot better. We than used most to spend malls. a great deal of time at the Disney Village, Disney Marketplace. It's Disney Village to me. Um, we used to spend a great deal of time there. We could go there for an evening and just hang out. You check out the art store. You check out the Christmas. See, I've ornament. done that. I, we don't anymore because it's it's. I, I don't need a, to go I like to Zara. The, but I like the restaurants. The restaurants. We go specifically we go to a restaurant and go. We used to go and wander around. Yeah. We will go now specifically for one thing, but then leave. Go have dinner and see a movie at, at the I AMC. go to the movies there a lot. Yeah, I, I love like going to the movies lot. where they I bring mean, me my own popcorn. See, and like my thing. That's like my thing. If I'm going to go see a movie, I'm almost always going to go down there. Um, but we uh, also we uh, agree on one thing though is that I don't think it's a shopping destination for locals. It's not a place where we would go to go shopping. Not necessarily the special. They're not anything. There's great. a couple of stores. There's a Johnson and Murphy Uniqlo. there that I really like. Yeah. Um, I like Uniqlo. I think that's a that's a really yeah, cool I like store. That store too. Um, 
But you know, for me, I'm at, I'm like I get excited when I think, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go go see a movie, grab a nice meal over at Homecoming or uh, Morimoto or wherever. Um, go have my dessert over at Sprinkles, my Captain Crunch ice cream. Uh, it's like a thing, mm-hmm. and so I will look to do that as much as as much as so I can. We don't spend nearly <laughs> as much time or money. As we used to spend. So. See, I spend, I think I spend more time there, there now than I did before. But I still go to the movies, but I go to the movies and we leave. I have a question for you guys. I know I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. We went to the Edison. Mm-hmm. And you probably saw it on Twitter. It was okay. But we stuck our heads in uh, Maria and Enzo's. Okay, I do have something to say about Which that. Which one? The 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 one that feels like you're going into a basement, like you're not supposed to go in the door. The, the one, one that looks like the TWA like terminal from 1965. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we thought it looked fantastic. Is it worth eating there? It's delicious. Uh, oh, I haven't really? been there yet. I uh, thought it was awesome. No, the the hideaway bar though, I've heard is horrible. That the food in the hideaway bar. I didn't have bar, any food. I just had a drink. E- Eli <laughs> went to dinner there, and he texted me the whole time, and he was like, "The pasta is out of a can, or the sauce was out of a can." Something else went wrong. It was really expensive, and he said everything that was on the table was absolutely horrible. That was at the hideaway. That's not in the one that looks like the airport. Right. So I, I don't know. I haven't eaten but, it either. Okay, yet. just and this this is my point. You tell me a shopping mall where you're going to talk about oh the restaurant that looks like the the yeah. Pan Am terminal from the '60s. That's what I think well, makes it special. There are these different experiences you can have there. So I think reducing it to it's a shopping mall Mm-mm. just takes a look at its stores, quote unquote, that are yeah. common among shopping malls and ignores all the rest of it, which I think is about three quarters of it. Um, that's unique to this location. I love it. I'm in your boat, Pete. Corey and I, we specifically went there for a date night. We haven't had a date since November, okay? Oh, I thought you were going to say like, you know, 2000. (laughs) No, since November. So that's a long time to not be alone and enjoy each other's company. Disney Springs is a place that we can go and we can do that. And we can wander around the shops. We can either go sit and have a drink somewhere. Um, If there is some sort of entertainment going on, we can do that. You and I got to go to the Mac store together. That would be fun. Yes, because I got something set there up for you. Actually, is a guy there that I, he needs to teach me how to do eyeliner. <laughs> so, I'm familiar. I have a question for Kevin. I never had the experience to go to the Disney Village when it was just the Disney Village. Do you think that what you're saying is part of nostalgia for you, or is was well, there I think something that figures into everything? Or what, what, mainly, what was what about the Disney Village was so great? It didn't feel like a concrete shopping mall. And when I walk around Disney Village right now, it looks like. It kind of looks like any of the outlets around here. See, it's, I don't feel that way at all. No. Because the Florida even, Mall is horrible. I don't go there. Uh, that is a mall. And that is a horrible mall. I don't, I don't think anyone should go to the Florida Mall. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like and the premium there's, outlets. There's like Millennium Mall, which is a nicer mall. But mm-hmm. it's a mall. Mm-hmm. And then I understand and even the, the outlets. Premium outlets, uh, the, yeah. the premium outlets are nice and they are outside. But they do not have the level of theming that this place has. Like, I or don't certainly even not the level of dining be, or entertainment. I don't even see how they can be compared. I'm in Pete's boat. I don't even see how they can be compared to Disney Springs. So <laughs> I would I would really like to hear from you from from you guys. Uh, podcast at disunplug.com. Um, Disney Springs Mall, yes or no? Shopping center, yes or no? What's your take on Disney Springs? And with that, we have to bring our conversation and our show to a close. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Have a great week. And remember, stay out of the damn place.